Now, the one that's been kind to us was the horses, you know. Yeah, 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 you know, it's been the season. It's the season. <laughs> we have the beef. We got the meats. Get your popcorn ready. Regular meats. What? Stuff. Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm your host, Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, also known as Jamie the Jackal. And I'm here with Cousin Soup and Mills the Head to discuss what we've watched recently and to talk about the cult classic Guy Ritchie film, Snatch. Enjoying a nice glass of red. And it's good to have you here with us, Mills, hanging out with them gypsies. Uh, oh, gee, I, that'd be, you know, she goblins and does Phillips and Guider and Magnum Mills. Oh gosh, dudes, Neil, kind of pepper jack rock, savvy? Thank you for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. You can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube or on the social meds at Dudes Watch Stuff. Please don't forget the flaps. It's not something you want to do. Follow, like, and please subscribe. This is what helps other people find our show, find our channel. We greatly appreciate it. If you had fun, please don't forget to give us that thumb. Soup, anything to declare this evening? Don't go to fucking England. Yeah, man. Um, Bad food, no, terrible weather. We'll do it for the caravan. Anyway, yeah, man. I'm Soup. Welcome to the fucking regular news watch stuff. We're going to watch or talk about because we already watched. We're going to talk about fucking Snatch, dude. Let's uh, let's get our let's work our way in nice and gentlemanly like. Well, before we deal with the pikeys, we're going to turn our attention to the holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. Got some holes in this house. What have you guys, and I need to know, okay, the people need to know, what have you guys been filling your holes with since our last episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff? What have you been filling them softly with this song? I mean, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Um, as far as current television going on, I've been keeping up with the latest season of Futurama from Hulu. Still fine. Not out of this world. Not bad. I'm glad it came back, but I I'm you know, hoping maybe we get one kind of, you know, upper tier episode out of the season. Haven't gotten it yet. I have faith. Uh, still keeping up with only murders in the building. Maybe he's petered out a little bit after starting very strong, but I have a lot of faith in this show. I think they'll get there. And more interestingly, I have been re-watching season one of Invincible from Amazon. Feels like it came out a million years ago during COVID. Season two is finally about to drop, and that's led me to actually start reading the comics after I finished up The Boys. So I just finished up uh, volume one of Invincible, and uh, very interesting so far. Excited about what comes next there. Uh, Soup, Jamie G, who's uh, filled some holes with something. I'll go next here. I am halfway through season three of the Netflix show, The Witcher. Um, I got to be honest, I'm not over the moon here on what's going to be the last season with um, the bull and the cavill here before they switch over to uh, the Helmsworth uh, guy. A little disappointed. Look, it's fine. It's good. But I, I'm a, I've, I've realized that I'm a fan of The Witcher when... The Witcher, each episode is him kind of like traveling and like killing and hunting a new monster. And there's a lesson about it that tells part of the story of kind of his destiny, right? This is a lot of the destiny of Siri, and it's a lot of kind of all the different shit with the elven, the elvins and Nilfgaard and all this shit. And it's just kind of like, eh, 
And I'm just wanting more. That's four episodes deep here. We'll see what the final four bring. They they split these up. They released four and then they hit waited a you know a couple weeks or a month and then released the following four. We'll see what the final four bring, but not my favorite season. We'll just put it that way. Soup. Well, that's cool, man. You know, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, I've been filling my holes a little bit. I guess the, the most eye hole filling I've done has been a uh, good solid rewatch of Monty Python's Holy Grail. Um, I felt nice. like that needed a, I felt like that needed a, it's been a minute since I've seen it and it was, it, it holds up, dude. I mean, this shit is just fucking hilarious front to back, man. So it was a nice, it was a nice watch after, you know, a whole bunch of time without seeing it. Um, good to good to dive back into the well on that one but uh aside from that man not much new not much new that i've been checking out so that's where i'm at with the with the holes right now my holes are neglected dude i need some need some hole filling material i know there's plenty out there i just gotta go out there and find it okay <laughs> next up is the hype train is there anything releasing soon that you guys are excited about but I teased it, uh, Invincible Season 2. We have a date for it. It's going to drop on November 3rd on Amazon Prime, which is, coincidentally, the day the finale for Gen V will drop. So that leads me to believe that they might very well drop the boys on the uh, season finale of Season 2 of Invincible. It's also been picked up for Season 3 already, so hopefully they've been doing both those at the same time. It shit, dude. We've been gone from you know gone till November for a minute. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, who else is hyped for something? Dude, I'll tell you what I'm hyped for, man. I am hyped for this movie, and it was released the other day, and I just haven't seen it yet. But I've been I've been stoked on this. It's a movie called Strays, and it's uh it's got Will Ferrell, Jamie Fox, and and it's a live animated fucking uh their dogs it's like rated r right it's like a rated r comedy with talking animals first first rated r movie made like this this fucking movie looks hilarious and i can't wait to fucking see it man so uh it is on my docket as soon as i have access to it i'm going to be checking it out look i grew disenchanted with the walking dead it went on way too long they never really got anywhere with it it didn't deliver it was a weak-ass ending there was never any like finality conclusion to it it's extremely disappointing but daryl was awesome so am i intrigued somewhat about the walking dead daryl dixon season one kind of outside of that saw x look the first saw was like awesome since then it's just slowly gotten worse but they're making it seem like this is going to be kind of the big one it's worth watching right i mean it's saw dude it just, I thought they were like rebooting it and then it didn't work. So I guess they're going back to the well. They're just going back to the well. I mean, it's fine. You got to do what you got to do. But Mills, when I'm right, I'm right. I don't know how hype I'm going to be for that. It's right up there with Expendables 4, I guess. Like your mileage will vary. Well, that brings us to something you can get hyped about, Magna Mills. That's our featured review, which is Snatch. That's right. Soup, you've been wanting it. We're delivering it right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Magna Mills, please, if you will, good sir, hit us with those details. Yes, sir. Dean Kane, sir. This is Snatch. You're damn right. Directed by Guy Ritchie. Written by Guy Ritchie. Produced by Matthew Vaughn. Cinematographer was Tim Maurice Jones. Edited by John Harris. With music by John Murphy originally released august 23rd 2000 
had a budget of $10 million, on which it made $83.6 million. It has a running time of 102 minutes, starring Jason Statham, Stephen Graham, Brad Pitt, Benicio Del Toro, Dennis Farina, Vinnie Jones, Rod Serbeja. Plot synopsis is, Turkish, an unlicensed boxing promoter, is pulled into trouble when he becomes involved with Bricktop, a notorious criminal who wants him to arrange a fight and fix it. Unfortunately for them, they need the help of a pikey named Mickey to pull it off. Meanwhile, Frankie Fourfinger steals a diamond, but he and the 84 carat stone go missing. That leads Avi, the man supposed to receive the stone, coming to England to search for it, which he does with the help of his cousin, Doug the Head and Bullet Tooth Tony. Meanwhile, Frankie and the diamond cross paths with three small-time criminals and a dangerous man they call Boris the Blade. As events twist and turn, the situations come together in a dramatic fashion. Well, here's the deal, man. I mean, you might think you know about Snatch, but if you haven't seen this movie, we're going to talk about it, man. So no matter what you think you know about Snatch, we're going to talk about more Snatch, man. So if you're not familiar with Snatch, the Guy Ritchie film, or in general, then maybe fucking get familiar and then check it out. But we're going to talk about the ins and outs of it, man, and we're going to go deep 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 so you have been warned before we get into this thing here let's kick it off with a brief discussion of how we feel about guy Ritchie and his films overall just where are you guys at with guy Ritchie? i like him i mean i don't know that he's grown a ton i mean i didn't mind like his sherlock holmes movies i think i like like rock and roll and revolver were okay i don't know about his kind of later stuff i actually really like the man from uncle so I, I think I like it, but I don't know if he's kind of grown a ton as a director, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's got kind of a signature style, so I'm cool with it for the most part. How about y'all? Well, I thought it was cool that he that he was like became a thing and then married Madonna. Like, I feel like that's just like if you do that, you're at like the pinnacle of like whatever it is you're doing. That's like Dennis Rodman level stuff or Tupac level stuff. I like his style. I think to you, to to your point, Magna Mills, I don't know that he's ever going to do anything that's kind of not his style. I thought this was as good as it gets for me in terms of Guy Ritchie stuff. Um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is also a really, really good one. Outside of that, he, he's kind of okay. He's This was kind of the top of the mountain for him. I don't know that I'll ever get back there. I hope he does, but he hasn't in my opinion since. Dude, I also totally agree with all that, man. I mean, this is his, he plateaued right here with this fucking movie. And he set the bar pretty high with this. I mean, it's a very cool fucking movie, dude. And he did a great job on this. So, I mean, yeah, to be able to put something out, uh, you know, a, a close second would be Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, you know. His other movies, I mean, it, you know, some of them are good, but he did that one with Madonna, and, and, then, and that movie was pretty fucking weak. I forget the name of that one. But, Swept uh, away, and it was... Yeah, thank you. Um, very, uh, very, and, very, and, very bad. Yeah, easy to forget. That's the one he tried to do that wasn't his style. And after yeah. that, it was like never again. Never right. again. It's like Kevin Smith would, to cop I, out a little bit. Yeah, I also agree. I would like to see him get back and put out another movie to the uh, of like this caliber. You know, I think that'd be fun. And I think it'd be great. And I think it'd be something, uh, you know, fresh for, even though this kind of thing is done before, for right now. And nothing like this has been done in a while. You know, so even if he does kind of use some of his usual tactics or whatever man it still might it still might be very very entertaining and and over the edge as far as uh is coming out you know in this day and age man because you gotta remember this movie's pretty fucking old too man so um either way yes i think this was his best shit ever and uh that's where i'm at with that one soup you really wanted to dive headfirst into the snatch here so 
I mean, I think since we started doing regular dudes watch stuff, you've been pushing snatch on us. I'm not going to imply that you caused a major power outage just to make it happen, but here we are. What about this flick made you want to discuss it so badly? Like, why was this on the top of your list? Why'd you pitch it, I think, three times uh, for us to do Snatch? Why'd you have Snatch on the brain, dude? Well, for one is, you know, I mean, whatever. Snatch is on the brain, dude. What are you going to do? Uh, for two, I uh, I did not cause a major powder out- power outage just to make this happen, although I do love the fact that this happened because of a major power outage so either way it got there not the way i wanted it i won't consider it a victory although that's not the point point is we're talking snatch and when we're talking snatch here's why i wanted it to uh you know get get out there because i thought that we would uh have a good time discussing this one i think there's a lot there there's a lot with the characters there's a lot with the way it's filmed there's a lot with the storyline there's just a lot to talk about and i think it would be fun for us you know um pretty basic and that's uh you know that's that's why man that's that's there's no uh there's no hidden agenda here you know it's all no no weird underlying shit man that's that's pretty much why i wanted it uh out there as badly as i did so uh yeah i kept pushing for it so i thought it'd be a good one for us to do man so it sounds to me like you're just banking on kind of the universal love of snatch to kind of carry the day here the universal love of snatch should should definitely carry the day but we'll see what kind of uh love for the snatch actually saves the day if that is a thing right it could be deeper or more complex than that it may be and while snatch has become a cult classic it wasn't highly regarded right out of the gate many reviewers uh thought that the film hemmed too closely to lock stock and two smoking barrels a guy Ritchie's previous film kind of without the budget or the acting star power that this one had they also criticized snatch for being a case of more style than substance you guys agree with any of that or were they were they way off with this i disagree with the more style than substance thing although it did have more style but it also had the fucking substance it had yeah. more like star power or whatever you know bringing in people like fucking brad pitt and shit yeah of course dude you know um but you know lock stock and two smoking arrows is a great movie are they similar kind of but they're not the same fucking movie you know yeah, I think that just comes from kind of setting two kind of movies in the kind of the London underworld, so to speak, and making them somewhat kind of comedy-based crime films. I mean, it's a kind of very particular genre, and it's tough to do well. That's probably what Guy Ritchie does best, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a little bit niche, but the fact that he does it well, I don't think means he should shy away from it. The dialogue definitely carries the day. Yeah, some of the camera moves are probably fancy for the sake of being fancy, You know, some of that's just to create kind of motion or action when they're filming in small spaces. You know, despite having an elevated budget from Blockstock, this is still not a big budget flick or anything like that. But he does really pay it off. I thought especially the boxing scenes were shot really well, and that's tough to do. There, You watch a lot of movies, television episodes, that kind of thing. If you're not specifically a boxing movie, it's a tough thing to just kind of throw a little bit in and make it look good. And I thought they really did sell the boxing scenes quite well here so that's just something i want to point out agreed yeah it did a lot of uh, camera slowdowns and everything else and even even at the end you know i mean not to jump too far ahead but some of these boxing scenes like towards the end where it goes into a whole different perspective and shit you know i mean that's pretty impressive man you know so yeah let's lean into what we like about snatch it seems like we're all pretty big fans here, so why don't we just go ahead and give our overall thoughts on Snatch and maybe talk about what attracts us to it. Mills? 
We really need to bring phrasing back. Uh, anyways, I've always found Snatch to be warm and inviting. Uh, I mean, every time I've checked it out, it just makes me want to check it out again. It Seriously, though, that's one thing that Guy Ritchie does so well is momentum. His flicks always move. Snatch just flies by, dude. You think you're just getting into the snatch and boom, you're out of the snatch just like that. It's insane how fast it goes. Uh, I really like the the music, especially here. It fit well, the acting. You know, it's a little bit simplistic if you kind of break it down. It's one of the kind of Tarantino-esque things where they kind of muddle with the timeline and everything, probably because there's enough, enough story to there if you told it in a linear fashion. But, I mean, we'll take, you know, snatch any way we can get it. And I think this is just definitely... Excellent snatch. Uh, Jamie G, I think it's your turn to extol the virtues of snatch. That is so hard to follow. Um, That's what she said. Time you check out snatch, you want more snatch. And that that's the, the I, this holds true. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't been able to get into snatch and it's been years. And then going back through this and, and checking out snatch now, I was like, it holds up, man. I wanted more. I was like, this is fantastic. Really enjoyed this. You get inside this one and all of a sudden it's just like you're thrown in. And even though it's not the most complex storyline, all the different characters in here kind of make it complex. And it kind of gives you this whole vision of this of this underground world. Um, the accents are fantastic. The acting's through the roof. I mean, this is grade A Snatch. I don't care if you've gone five years without it. You go and you check out Snatch and you're like, yeah, baby, that's just what I remembered. I want more. Soup? Yeah, totally agreed, man. I mean, this snatch is uh, phenomenal, man. You know, it's definitely something you can keep going back to even after a span of time, you know, without without diving into her. But uh, I don't know what else to say about it without fucking giving too much away about the actual movie that we're talking about. So uh, so let, let's uh, let's keep our minds in the snatch and uh, off the snatch and then on the snatch again and then uh, all up in the snatch because that's where we're going, man, you know. Ain't no replicas here, man. It's Desert Eagle 5.0 the whole way. Well, Soup, you've already told us why you've thrown Snatch at us basically every time you've been given the chance. And don't get me wrong, like, thank you. You can always throw Snatch at me. But is there anything else in particular about Snatch that just really gets you excited? I mean, you, you know that feeling where you're just like, like you get around it and like you just get that feeling you're like, oh, man, like I want, I want. I want to check out some snatch. Like, what is it about it? No, you know you're in for a good time, dude. I mean, this has got layers to it. There's definitely multiple phases going on, man. You know, and uh, and it leaves you wanting more, man. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this whatsoever. Like, this is a good time from fucking start to finish, man. So yeah, you know, man, you want to do snatch kind of like cousin Avi, right? You just want to get in, boom, take that shot, lean back, and just ride it, guys. I think we're going to go with a character-based discussion here of, of Snatch. So it's probably appropriate to kick it off with some superior Snatch, which is what we're calling our character rankings. Magna Mills, break it down for us. I had a ton of fun with this one, buddy. Fill everyone in with what we're doing here with that superior Snatch. Yes, sir. Dean Kane, sir. Uh, we ranked 13 characters from Snatch. No real criteria other than whatever you wanted, how much you liked them. And here's what we came up with. We are basically just going to do our top five. But I do want to note just outside the top five, honorable mention one, Turkish. I had him at eight. Jamie G at six. Soup at two. Honestly, it just felt like Turkish was fine. He was just kind of there, you know, a little bit to me. Soup, uh, 
I know you kind of talked about Turkish kind of as being a little bit of a winner at the end because he found the diamond or whatever. Uh, did you, you know, find him really that entertaining or, you know, any reason other than just his charisma of Jason Statham? Maybe because the whole movie just opens and, and closes with him as, you know, telling his story or whatever. You He's know? ostensibly the main character. Theoretically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, and that's fine. And that didn't that didn't really determine my decision there. I just I think that throughout the course of the movie, he was pretty important, dude. Just hit, like the dialogue for, for all of these characters is fucking spot on and great. But he just had like a way of just like, I don't know, just kind of holding the whole thing together. He was like the... Like the like the fucking I don't want to say the glue, like Jason but... Statham like a goddamn movie star with a bunch of charisma who can hold a bunch of shit together. Yeah, and he might not have been the most entertaining or best person in there, but he was like important. Like like I guess he's uh, good at most... that though. Statham's like that's why Expendables works because he's kind of the deadpan guy next to Stallone. Like Stallone he, says no, it's easy shit, it, and then Statham calls him out on it. Kind of it works though. I I like Turkey. It's just you know it it seemed that he was kind of secondary in this movie a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with that. At five, we have Boris the Blade. Item at three, Jamie G five, Soup six. Not a ton of lines, but is I mean, he's just awesome, right? He's Boris the fucking bullet dodger. Yeah, dude. He's incredible. Or not on screen when he like beats the shit out of all the dudes and they go back to the car, they gotta go to the Jewish hospital or find the Jewish right. doctor or whatever. And the thing I the thing I like about him is he involves he's involved in with so many of my favorite characters. So I love that his his character is used to bring in all these exciting other characters, and that to me is awesome. So I I really I you know so anytime he's there it's it's money right because it usually involves somebody else that I really like and I want more of. So I I, I think that's one of the cool things about uh about about the old bullet dodger here. At number four, this is probably our biggest point of contention. We have Bricktop. I had him at one. Jamie G at two. Soup all the way down at ten. Dude, Bricktop for me gets all the best lines of this movie. Or Bricktop, I'd say of the top ten lines, like eight of them are Bricktop. How could he be? How could he be ten? You better defend that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I might have to rethink that one. But, uh, but yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty low. Yeah, but no, Bricktop had a lot of. You're right, man. A lot of. Good He's pretty badass. Life. I mean, I know he loses in the end theoretically, but you know. So if you were going with a like who won power rankings, I don't know if he won the flick, but he definitely yeah. was one of the most fun. Ca- every time he was on screen, no, I, I agree. was like, just keep talking. One of the better characters. Shit, I probably should have put him way higher. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, man. But now yeah. that's what it's cool. We hear the sirens coming for you, so it's all good. At three, we have Soup's number one choice. That's Nikki Pikey, played by Brad Pitt. Soup at him at one, Jamie G at four, myself at six. I I love Brad Pitt here and everything, but he kind of doesn't, he just knocks dudes out and like talks in, in, unintelligibly. It's very fun, but you know, I think you get a couple dudes, uh, you know, a little bit higher than that. Soup, why'd you have him at one? Well, because I think he is a lot smarter than people think. He kind of held, he had a plan the whole time, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, he ended up getting everything he wanted, except for the fucking whole... His know, mom dying, yeah, except yeah, for right. his whole mom. Yeah. Going to, so maybe not quite that good with the plan, but I get what you mean. There was way more to him than initially presented. Yeah, yeah, and a very fun carry. Whenever, you know, another thing, whenever he comes on the screen, you know, it's going to be a good fucking scene, you know I mean? So... Yeah, he comes on shitting between the joints. That's his... We're introduced to him shitting between, like, the car and the caravan, and I kept waiting for him to, like, just, like, offer to shake uh, Tommy's hand. You know, after he just probably wiped with it. Never did, though. But then there was gorgeous George, and he was like, what? That's a big man, that's for sure. How big is he? Blaze, how big is he? Yeah. 
The accent work is great. At number two, we have Dennis Farina doing his thing, his cousin Avi, item at five, Jamie G at one, soup at four. Uh, Jamie G, I could probably guess why you have cousin Avi at one, but you know, extrapolate for us. All his lines to me are amazing. He's a great character. He's so smooth. His scenes with with <laughs> with Bullet Tooth Tony in there and just he's just so good dude like I, I don't know man i just i think this i i think about like where would this movie be without him and i don't know that it would be anywhere so to me he's he's way up there for me his lines are fantastic the the actor is amazing we should just be doing anything that he's ever done on regular dudes watch stuff in my opinion but he's uh he's that good man and so way up there for me you guys weren't feeling up here or what no i repeat this right i had a bit uh five super adam at four so made both of our top five so i think definitely up there and then finally at number one where we had the most consensus obviously bullet tooth fucking tony i am at two jamie g three super three i mean vinnie jones was in Lockstock, and he had the i guess the scene you know kind of beating the dude with the car door kind of thing was a little bit same-ish but other than that i thought he was just great here and just the dude who showed how much charisma he had on screen right like just Vinnie Jones was just like always just badass. Like he didn't have to do a lot, just to do yeah, it by just, just the look yeah, of you him. Yeah, you just know this dude's a badass. And then there's already the story of like how he got shot, and you know goes back into that backstory. And you should you go down or whatever. So whatever. And he took the bullets and made his teeth. There's always bullets you tell me now. But then the first time you actually see this guy, which I think is definitely a throwback from Lockstock, man. But he's beating some fucking dude with the car door, man. Got a head in there, like beating. So okay, that might be his thing. Whatever, that's cool. Bring it back. That's his thing. Hey, that's your introduction to Bullet Tooth, fucking Tony, right there. Yeah, and then from then on, it's just like it's what you would expect out of a dude named Bullet Tooth Tony, man. You know, and again, his uh, his uh, relationship with with the coast with with the co actor there, fucking well, Dennis Breen is fucking awesome anyway. But those two really definitely hit it off, man. And um, it was fucking awesome, man. So just another really good part to a really good whole of a movie. Yeah. That's good soup. Before we move on to our man with four fingers, I'd like to talk about the opening of Snatch. We get a fun kind of credit sequence here where all the characters toss something back and forth. We get a freeze frame on each of them. Anybody else have thoughts on the opening credits here, the initial introduction of the characters? I thought it was awesome. Kind of set the tone here for sure. Yeah, it made it seem like you're in for a fun time. It's like here they're tossing like a, a, a money or guns or whatever kind of back and forth. And you see a character catch it and you get the cool thing and they get the kind of stylized title card. And it's actually the character name, not the actor name which is a, a little bit of a different uh, choice than you get, in the, you know, because usually it's like, you know, you don't even get the character names, you just get the actor names. So that's a little bit of a different choice here. I very much enjoy it. And everybody gets something cool to come in on, right? Like they all get a great line or a great moment, something like that. I think Guy Ritchie always does really well with that kind of thing. And this is uh, just, I think, a fantastic kind of just way to get you into the flick. Soup, any thoughts on the opening kind of credit sequence here, the introduction of the characters, just the initial first bit? Yes, absolutely. This might be the best fucking intro opening scene to any movie ever, man. Like, I love a character's opening credits, man. And now you know all these characters, you know, and I think that is a great way to fucking open up a fucking movie, man. You yeah, know, and they kind of all, like, have down. an action where the camera moves it to the other guy. Like, they all hand something off or toss something or whatever. It's very yeah. well done, especially because back then 
like there's a little CGI thing going on here, but it's mostly just great editing and it shot very well. So how are you not going to watch the rest of this? You know, not that you need it. Uh, you know, once you get into it, nothing really bores you the entire time. It's all yeah. Very once you get into snatch, it generally sucks you in. It sucks you yes, in. It does. And it sucks you in immediately. And uh, like, like I said, man, this might be the coolest opening to a movie ever, man. Yeah, let's keep it right there with Frankie Fourfingers. Let's start with Frankie Fourfingers, played by the great Benicio Del Toro. He doesn't get a ton of screen time here. It's almost all in the first act. But, dude, he makes the most of it, right? I mean, just the way he holds those cards with the with the fingers, like, damn, dude, that was awesome. I always love the little I bit whenever they talk about the gambling and they cut to the Viva Las Vegas joint. It's just a yeah. small touch, but just the idea that he's always right on the edge of gambling it all away yeah so very convincing um and did a great job you know and then you know he gets out of there he has a telephone conversation the scene at the with the tailor when he's having the the phone conversation and trying all the different outfits and smoking the cigar and everything that's like part of my favorite part because he's just so kind of like self-assured and beach elator is just so good at that Oh yeah, it was it was classic right there, and I think that's the intro intro that we see to uh, cousin Avi there. I think it was the first time we see him on screen. Yeah, one nice thing they they show pictures. I think during the Vegas sequence, I'm almost positive they show like a, a photo of Benicio del Toro that's from Fear and Loathing because it's him yeah. like at Vegas partying or whatever. I'm almost positive there's like one Doctor Gonzo still yeah. like slipped in there. Almost nice. positive. I hope so. I'm gonna have to take a look back, but yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> Jamie G, any thoughts on Frankie Fourfingers? I just think the concept here, while he doesn't get a ton of time, his world and his character is pretty important to the overlying kind of arch of this movie. It may only be four fingers, but it's each finger matters inside the snatch. Like each one is a big time deal. You need all four of them. I thought that his, his without his character, the kind of some of the storyline kind of falls apart. So I appreciated that about him. Benicio, Benicio del Toro just absolutely crushes. Could they have used it more? Sure. But I think it was just kind of the right mix. I, I really enjoyed it. One retort to that. Let me just say, when it comes to Snatch, Bubby, I probably know a lot you don't. And through Frankie Four Fingers, we're introduced to Cousin Avi, played very memorably by the great Dennis Farina and Doug the Head, played by Mike Reed. Any thoughts on these two? I mean, obviously I voted Cousin Avi uh as my number one character overall and he gets some of the best lines in the entire film um and that's why but just thoughts on these two guys these two characters yeah dennis Freeman, i mean this is who he is like he's not an actor that has an incredible amount of range he's basically playing the same character he played on law and order but he's a crook instead of a copier but he's got that very particular thing and i think he's just perfectly suited for this absolutely man i mean he's he's perfect in this role man and he does it very well dude and yeah i mean he's not a he's not a very ranged actor at least uh at least from what i've uh seen or known about you know but uh but but he plays this fucking role and it's spot on dude as far as doug the head goes man i mean i think that whole situation's hilarious and that's the thing the dialogue in this movie whether it be narration or actual live dialogue both of them fucking they found a way to coexist here which is fucking impressive man which is kind of one of the things that carries this fucking movie you know that's the great thing about Cousin Avi. He fits well. Like, he makes Doug the head pop. He makes uh, 
people to Tony Pop. Like you can pair him off with almost anybody and he's hysterical. And he also gets kind of the intro. I love all the bits, you know, again, with him on the plane, taking the shot at the beginning and the end. And especially that little bit when he's leaving. And, you know, when he goes through customs, anything to declare? Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. So good. Well, to track down Frankie, Cousin Avi secures the services of the aforementioned Bullet Tooth Tony, played by Vinnie Jones, who's totally doing his early 2000 Vinnie Jones thing here. I mean, and he is nailing it. I think he's one of the first characters that people mention when they talk about Snatch. He's just so iconic kind of in this movie. Thoughts on our man, Pretty Tone? I mean, I'd vote him for mayor. I just always love, obviously, the Desert Eagle scene, but the bit where he takes a dude in the car, like gets him in there and grabs him by the necktie and then rolls up the window and starts just driving. We've seen that done in other flicks. I am I don't know if this was the first or not, but it's just a great scene. It, it immediately illustrates just how cool he is. And then Avi is capped up immediately. Like, you know, like Rosebud's kind of fucking jealous or whatever, because all of a sudden, like, you know, he gets bull to Tony and that's his guy. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's effective, Tony. Not very subtle, but effective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, this is like uh, this is your flick soup. I mean, uh, Bullet Tooth Tony, this is your guy, dude. What? what do... I mean, Bullet Tooth Tony is great. Okay, super cool character. I like the fucking intro. I think we've already been over this. The way he's like his character is introduced, man. Not only that, but like even moving on into 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 the film, man. You know, there was definitely the scene with mullet. Yeah, it is mullet takes him puts him in the wind you know in the window or whatever and drives down the road with him first thing you see out of bullet you tony you know as far as the scene in this movie goes aside from him bashing somebody's head in the fucking car door but then there's later on man like he knows somebody's in the walls and shit and he says pull up your socks you know and it'll fucking and he shoots fucking a bunch of holes in the fucking wall fucking excellent character bullet you tony is legendary i would have a t-shirt if i had a t-shirt with bullet you tony on it i would rock it dude it's so cool when he sits down with the beer and the you know the dudes jumping with the replica guns. He just plays it oh, yeah. so straight. And just to give you an idea how perfectly casted Vinnie Jones was, like there's a scene where you see Bullet Tooth Tony kind of start to walk up and you don't actually see his face. That's because Vinnie Jones wasn't there to film the scene because he was in jail for fighting the night before. No shit. That's how you just know. That's hardcore, man. And then, like, bringing it all the way around, he talks about, like, you know, playing on the radio or whatever, and it's a Madonna, like, like a virgin, or uh, it's a Madonna oh, song that's used yeah. in here. They The budget was $10 million bucks. Guy Ritchie paid a million dollars to license the Madonna song for this movie, like a tenth of the budget, 10%. Wow. Basically, just to, as a flex to the girl he was dating, so. And that's Lucky Star. And Bullet yep, that's how you, you I know, that's in track. Yeah, and, and that's when he's got mullet in the window. Yeah. <laughs> he's in dog shit for toothpaste, mullet. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say this. This character is perfected by Vinnie Jones, and it's so cool. You, you need this type of character kind of in this underground world. It makes it fun. It makes it interesting. So, so crucial. The brilliance of, of Snatch is that Snatch has it all. Okay, that's the brilliance of getting of getting Snatch is when you get Snatch, you realize it has everything. And this is one of many characters who excels. You know, we're talking about a minute, Bricktop. We see him actually abuse dogs. When Avi, Avi has, you know, both Tony do a lot of shit, which Tony will do. One thing he won't do, he's not really willing to cut that dog open. I mean, it's not a tent of baked beans. 
<laughs> dude when i gave when i was giving this a rewatch and i seen this a lot and uh you know i was looking at it again trying to study it and whatnot and like the ins and outs details anyway diving deep and i and that was one thing i was like dude there is a bit of animal cruelty in here that i don't really fucking doesn't sit well with me you know but yeah. it, it is and whatever I'm sure that was no intentional animal. to make bricktop seem horrible that was yeah, by yeah, design yeah. I'm sure no animals were harmed in the making of, and that's cool. You know, you portray your story. That's fine. That's what freedom of everything is all about. But I love being able to uh, have something like that portrayed, you know. Dude, talk about off-screen violence. How about fucking Boris the Blade, dude? Boris the Bullet Dodger. He's played by Rod Serbaja, Croatian dude. You've seen him in a bunch of shit. He's kind of that particular looking guy. I'm a huge fan of Boris the Blade, and one of my favorite scenes in the whole flick is when he escapes the trunk, and he's got the bag over his head, and you just see him through the window of the car trying to watch when Avi and uh, Bullet Tooth Tony are coming. I don't know why, and I don't even know if that's him, the actor in that bag, but that is just one of the most hysterical parts of the flick to me. And then again, like the, you know, the off the green violence where he chops dudes you know chops a briefcase off bulletproof tony's arm but you don't see it like almost all the violence in the flick is off screen yeah there is yeah it's not that violent of a movie man you know i mean he beats the shit out of avi bulletproof tony and rosebud off screen when they all come running back to the car and everything like Boris, right, it's yeah. all off screen. Almost all the violence is up to boxing. Dude, is it's Boris the Blade. He's a badass. And I will go back to one of my favorite lines in this movie is uh is when is when uh, Boris asked the uh, asked the guys who took uh you know the pawn shop guys. Then open the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. Also, I'm not sure where you get a belt holster for a meat cleaver. I feel that has to be a custom job. I don't think you could just go on Amazon and be like, yo, I need something like a belt, but like, you know, I can put a meat cleaver in it. I bet you I could find one, man. Um, I'll have to look into that. You're right. They're probably not super common. Who's carrying that around with them? Not even your, you know, maybe the butcher. I don't know. But Boris the Blade, he does. So I bet you it was a custom job. Somebody custom made that shit for him, dude. He's got a leather guy, you know. Jamie G, you've been a little quiet, man. Like, give us a Boris the Blade name. Like, what would your name be if you were, you know, your name's Jamie and you're like, you know, a Blade, but obviously Blade doesn't start with J. Like, got a good, any good Boris the Blade type names for yourself or for any of us? I mean, Jamie the Jekyll. Uh, it, it just just plays so well. And yeah, I mean, Jamie the Jig, Jamie the Jigsaw. I mean, that's that's another really good one here. He is you're overthinking it. See, I'd go just Jamie. Just Jamie. Just Jamie. Just and Jamie. Look, guys, there's not much I can say about how amazing Boris the Blade is outside of what you said. I enjoy him so much. He he's everything in this movie. Like you, you realize a lot of these characters are kind of overplaying the statue of a uh, of Brad Pitt playing Mickey. That's how good some of these other characters are. We go through this this kind of preview of each character i was like man dude this movie has so many good characters that's why we're doing it that way it's a really a character-based movie and that's a little bit of i think where the criticism comes from because the story is only complex because of the way it's remixed because the audience is denied certain information 
other you know if it was told in a linear fashion and we were exposed to everything it wouldn't be as interesting but the characters are really what you know makes Nash snatch and for the record uh, i was just gonna go with jamie guns like g-u-n-z like uh, lord Tariq and peter guns as far as like your you know the the blade name it wouldn't quite work but i just like it for soup i think i'd have to go with the uh, soup the slayer i think soup the slayer would be the the funnest and for me, probably Mills the Maniac, or I would also accept Mayhem Mills. Mayhem Mills. I like that. I like Slayer. I like Slasher. Slasher uh, was on my Slasher made the, the list for me. As did Soup the Smasher. I got all the S words in Soup Supreme. Shout out Soup Supreme. Guys, Boris and Frankie both encounter a gang of thieves. They are Soul, played by Lenny James, Vinny played by Robert Gee, and Tyrone, played by Adfi. It was a funny ango. And they're not very good criminals, but they are extremely funny, and they keep the plot moving here, right? I mean, thoughts on these guys? The whole bit with them in the car is just great. From start to finish. What are we waiting for, anyway? We are waiting for a man with four fingers carrying a briefcase, Tyrone. Oh, was that him? I don't know. How many fingers did he have? I'm sorry, I couldn't get the binoculars out in time. It's a man with four fingers and a briefcase, Finney. Dude, shout out Letty James. He's the dude who plays Saul. You might know him from the, the Walking Dead as Morgan. Like this is uh this is Morgan from The Walking Dead here. The dog apparently legitimately bit his crotch in the car scene, and then when he shoots that shotgun in the bookies that blows a hole in the wall, it actually like the kickback hit him in the crotch. And he kept going. It's a, it's used in the film. Like, you see him be like, oh, and keep going? Like, that that happened. Yeah, I've heard that he took on a couple injuries. I knew there was a dog incident where somebody got bit by a dog, and I'm pretty sure it was that. that yeah, dog. when they were filming the car scene there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys were just kind of funny, but the best part was they were deliberately written. Every fuck-up they make was something that a real criminal did that like they read the writers read about in the news. Well, and just the whole, you know, all bets are off thing was just so funny is, is, you know, and then the whole dog thing, like it just, it really worked well. I thought that small thing, but having Tyrone be so big really kind of adds kind of some fluffy. In the part where they want him to park in the, he's like, the spot's too tight and you look and it's just one car. You're expecting it to be a spot between two cars. And it's just, you don't even see a spot. Car, the spot. He'll so land a jumbo just... fucking jet in there. <laughs> He'll land a jumbo jet. Dude. And then the idea that Tyrone gets pissed about somebody, the dog getting the seats dirty in a stolen car. Like, dude, it's not Let's even your car. He's like, dude, I don't care moment. if I'm driving; it's my car. Yeah. It's a stolen car, Tyrone. That's just the little character work that I think makes this fucking movie sing. This whole like middle of the movie kind of scene is it i mean it just is funny as fuck and it kind of takes you away from everything else so you know all this other shit's going on too right and some of this building and whatnot the brick top shit and all that meanwhile these guys are doing uh are you know are doing this fucking thing all staged by boris to blade so everything all links together which is fucking brilliant about this movie but it's just like this might be the funniest part of the fucking movie is with these motherfuckers from the pond they're basically i mean comedic relief for the to a certain extent they're pretty yeah. much incompetent. 
Like, you know, Soul knows how to like spot a fake diamond, but other than that, they're not particularly useful. Tyrone right. seems to be the most useful in the end. Despite yeah, his no, initial, he's the only one who spots Frankie. Oh, he trapped him in the van. And I love that Frankie, shout out Frankie, would just set up shop in the back of a van with all the different outfits and everything. Like he was just going to be like out in the town having a good time, changing all his new outfits and, you know, winning money on crooked boxing matches. Guys, we're always looking for something that helps tie the show together. And we got ourselves a solid rug here, but it's just not enough. That's why we do the Six Degrees of Lebowski, where we connect our featured review to the Big Lebowski in six degrees or less. Yeah, dude, uh, this is legitimately about as easy as it gets. Benicio Del Toro plays Frankie Fourfingers. He played Manny Rodrigo in Fearless, where Jeff Bridges played Max Klein. And, uh, dude, Jeff Bridges is literally the dude. Doesn't get much easier, like I said. That's an easy snatch. Now we mentioned Bricktop earlier. Let's circle around. Let's let's just get to the dude, right? I mean, he's played by Alan Ford, who absolutely murders it here. Apparently, they originally wanted to cast Sean Connery for this role, and that sounds really cool. But dude, it's hard for me to picture anybody other than Alan Ford as Bricktop. I mean, it's just with the teeth and the mouth and the whole way he talks. Like, I don't know, man. Sean Connery. As great as he could have been here, I think it would have been a, a, a little bit of a step down, right? Yeah, because you would have been distracted by the fact that it's fucking Sean Connery. And he also probably would have done his natural Scottish accent, which probably wouldn't have fit as well with everything else here, especially if you're not from America. Again, I, I would say at least conservatively, seven of my favorite lines of the film are said by Bricktop. Delivery is always there. The idea that he always wants someone to get the tea for him. And I love that he kind of gets the comeuppance at the end. He can see everything except the fucking Pikeys. I just love that the Pikeys are kind of the bane of everyone's existence, even Bricktops. But yeah, dude, I mean, badass, but again, they make him beat a dog. A dag. A dag? Dag. They go out of their way to show, like, this dude's the worst. So you can, you know, when he gets his at the end, it really makes you excited and happy. Like, you shouldn't be that excited someone just died, but you're like, yeah. I mean, Bricktop is a, I mean, that's a great fucking character. He he played that very, very well, that role, man. Well, yeah, you only care that much. Like, you can only be that bad if, like, they make you care that they're that bad. That's why right. you'd have a generic. Yeah. He's not a generic villain. He's so, so good. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. And, you know, in his conversation, just like every fucking character in this movie, the conversation and dialogue, it, it's good, man. It's very, very good. It's very captivating, and it, and it keeps you, no matter what the situation is going around it, whatever that person's talking about, keeps you fucking interested. And there's multiple ones of them. Pretty much every fucking main character has something like that in this movie, which is one thing that's very cool about it. He tells, you know, he'll be talking to you about always feeding people the fucking pigs. And then it's hilarious that the pawn shop guy is like, you know, I still don't know who the fuck you are, apart from somebody who feeds people to pigs, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that scene where he comes into kind of the back room there and no one knows, like, only the one dude knows who he is and everything like that. And the whole thing, like, another thing, man, like, you know, Terry and Tommy go through and he always has to meet them in the fucking, like, where pe where pigs are eating people, you know, charming this motherfucker, you know, like. Was the pigs thing a little bit too much? We saw something like this around this time frame, I think, with Hannibal, remember, like, the dude in Hannibal, like, fed people to pigs or something like this. It seems like it was kind of a trend at the time. But I, it might have been a little bit too much that they kept going back to it. 
but the speech that he gives about how to actually feed the body and like the the exact like chopping into six pieces and how long right, it would take yeah, him to no, eat yeah, that, that was pretty terrifying because he was so sure about it you need at least 16 pigs to finish the job in one setting so be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm they will go through a body that weighs 200 pounds in about eight minutes that means that a single pig can consume two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. Yeah, it's not you just was thinking about it. You probably had done this a couple times, you know. Yeah, and he gets the punchline, like, hence the, you know, the saying, as greedy as a pig. So it's even got a good punchline. This one I'm going to use going forward in the, the words of the Virgin Mary. Come again? It's phenomenal, dude. It's using that one going forward. I forgot about that one. Shout out Bricktop. Bringing it back. Bricktop's amazing. I, I like the they I like that they use the, the pigs thing to make him scary and make him somebody that is worthy of being feared. His voice, his delivery, the words he was saying would have been enough, probably, but that really added to it. It really made him like, whoa, dude, that's somebody you don't play with. Like that dude means business. So I really like that they did that got to talk about the pikeys right i mean this is who ultimately punched bricktop's ticket so to speak brad pitt plays mickey uh definitely our favorite gypsy bare knuckle boxing champion a great role from brad pitt here what do we think of mickey and just the overall pikey plot line and i'll just say guys as somebody who's been to europe gypsies are a real thing and you got to be careful because they will steal from you without you even knowing I just love the opening bit where Tommy and George are pulling away and they think they bought the caravan. They're like, I see what all the fuss is about. That ain't bad, fellas. So good. And the idea that, you know, you find out at the end that, you know, Mickey always bets on himself. It seems completely obvious in retrospect. And you even hear his mom at the beginning, like, oh, you'll fight again over my dead body. So you get the idea, like, he's probably run scams like this before. Obviously, he didn't plan on his mom getting burned to death. but And that's why he, you know, enacts the revenge they do, which is, you know, kind of wild or whatever. But it works for me, really. I mean, especially they do that final moment, like the cutscene where um, outside when they're escaping after the last fight, they do the freeze frame. And Turkish and Tommy are both like, oh, and Brad Pitt's like, Right, because uh, he knew what was going on. The Pikey knew. How good is that opening scene with Gorgeous George? You have to know that Brad Pitt's probably not going to be out of the movie in the first scene, but just like George is just tossing him around. And, can't, and you know, he's just taking his time, Mickey taking his clothes off, and then just does the little kiss and then just one punch. And then you go to that overhead shot. Just beautiful way to bring it in and kind of set the stakes and everything like that so i think yeah good perfect sound, amount good, of pike placement there too man it puts you right in a fucking you know like you just got knocked out kind of yeah they go to the spot. overhead view and yeah. kind of zoom in and then you get the idea where uh then you get the narration from turkish about tommy being like dude if george doesn't wake up they're just going to kill him and bury them both because that's easier than explaining what the fuck happened and it does a good job of setting that the Pikeys are also oh, absolutely. to not be fucked with. Not only are they going to rip you off on a caravan, I they mean, might kill you because it's easier. Numbers, you know. Yeah, so that sets up yeah, the, kind of the end game. And it makes it realistic that, at least in terms of this movie, that they could take someone like Bricktop out because they are also not someone who you fucking trifle with. 
in I don't know if this is apt or not, but when I was watching this, all I could think is I'm like, dude, this is exactly what would happen if you crossed Trailer Park Boys with Peaky Blinders. Huh. And Soup might not get Jamie G. Am I wrong? Like, is this not Trailer Park Boys crossed with Peaky Blinders? That's pretty apt, dude. Is it not? Well, apt? I haven't seen Peaky Blinders, so I don't have the frame of reference there, though. Although I do know a lot about Trailer Park Boys, and maybe some of the Pikey shit could relate, but the rest of it, I don't know. Yes, the Pikey shit would be the Trailer Park Boys parts of it. Yeah, you're in the universe here, Mills. I don't know that you're you're way off, or I don't know if you're spot on, but I I can I can make a case here. I like it. I like it. That's certainly something I'd watch. Jamie G, any thoughts on this version of Brad Pitt versus the 12 Monkeys? You know what I mean? It's not like super handsome, awesome Brad Pitt. It's a little bit kind of, you know, leaning into a bit of a you know, skittish kind of character. Well, I think I think this is, you know, kind of similar to the Fight Club character, but you can just understand what he says in Fight Club versus here. Um, 12 Monkeys, he had kind of that same kind of skittishness to him as he was playing somebody who, you know, potentially was mentally ill. Um, and did a really good job. He does a great job here, but a lot of it is just kind of that scene where he's like got his shirt off and that quintessential, you know, kind of Brad Pitt body image and his fighting and his ability to kind of work within the Pikes to create a plan that works for them, screwing over everyone. Um, I think that was really cool. Uh, this is a, for for Americans, this may not be as well-known of a concept, but Pikes and Gypsies, this is a very well-known thing over the pond in Europe, London, Italy, you know, th those countries. So I think it was really cool how Guy Ritchie kind of incorporated that in here. It's almost like he made this film not for necessarily for Americans, but for the rest of the world, right? I guess we should finally get around to talking about Turkish, played by Jason Statham and Tommy, played by Stephen Graham, kind of getting his first break here. Let's not forget Gorgeous George, played by Adam Fogarty. These guys do a lot to drive the plot forward but they don't get nearly as many memorable lines and moments as some of the other characters. If anybody's a straight man in this film, it's legitimately, it's either Saul or Jason Statham or, you know, Turkish, which is a little weird because he's, you know, goes on to be an action star. The only action he does is what, when he gets the, the cricket bat at the one point in the arcade, that's about as action as it gets for him. So it's a little yeah, different, but he, he's good at it. I, I don't dislike it. It's just, you know, Shocking kind of now, knowing what Jason Statham becomes. Right. You know, watching him do some of these other movies, like he could he could have done a lot more here. But the interesting thing is, I don't know that they really needed him to. He kind of played that thing where you where you knew he was kind of a tough guy if he had to be, but he didn't they didn't really need it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was war weary, like he'd already done this shit. That's why he was telling Tommy, like, don't do this, because he'd already probably done all that shit, kind of. But on the other hand, uh, dude, 10k for that caravan, really? Like, and they negotiated ahead of time, but not the price. And he didn't know it had an axle. I have a little problem with the caravan deal, but you know, I guess that's not Turkish's thing. I mean, really, the caravan he had didn't look that bad, it just needed a wash and a new door. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Nothing comparatively, it's tip top. Like, I'm why would you think that Pikey's had a better caravan than what he had? See, that's a good point, dude. If, if they did, they would be selling their shittiest one, right? Like, if you owned a bunch of shit and people wanted to buy it, you'd sell them your shittiest one, ideally. Not your best one. Be sure, yeah. You know, it's like a universal thing. And I think holds true uh, for basically anything. And 
you know, shout out Jason Statham. He's good at it here. Like I like, I think he's a great kind of like straight man playing it. Like he's done that. I think in uh, spy with Melissa McCarthy, he's played this role before where he can kind of just do his Jason Statham thing and be charming and, and play it straight. It, it's very cool. And obviously gorgeous George is like an all time great boxing name. But if we were boxers, what would our names be? I mean, obviously, Jamie G, I'll give you one. You could be a gorgeous Jamie Glow. I'll just take it off the board for you. It works very well, and I am pretty gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, I would be uh, Mills the Magician. I think that you got, like, the light feet or whatever. Uh, I guess you could also be Jackhammer and Jamie, or Jackhammer and Jamie G. That would Jackhammer. Be cool. You got Soup. Soup, you could be, like, the Iron Soup or Super Soup, something like that. The Freezer. Jackhammer. The Gaspacho Gestapo, something like that. That's cool. Soup, sledgehammer soup, man. Ooh, soup the sledge. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sledge. Soup the sledge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Soup the like sledge. Sledge, sledge is good. He wants to be. I could be like Magic Mills, Mighty Mills, something like that. We got, we got some good boxer names. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, look like a boxer. And uh, what do you all have in your cars? I mean, just uh, seats and a steering wheel. Do you have anything else? I don't know, but I don't want a caravan that's got no fucking wheels. I, I really don't. I like the idea that the whole film Turkish just kind of put upon. No one takes him as seriously as they should. Just the idea in the very opening scene, the dude's cooking sausages in the background. And he asks how long the dude's like, oh, like uh, two minutes. And then he asks him again. Seven of them sausages, Charlie. Five minutes, Turkish. It was two minutes, five minutes ago. I love just that little like character building and i think that's what really makes this film it's something we talked about kind of with demolition man is that they do spend a lot of time on this small minutia but i think that's the thing that sticks with us the most i mean do we really give a fuck about the diamond other than the fact that it's funny that the dog ate it it's kind of important because without it what do we really do diamond the character though it's i mean the diamond is basically the ark of the covenant you know what i mean it's yeah, just a you coffin kinda... We actually get to see them. Like you don't always get to see the MacGuffin, but it's really just, I think, functionally, it's just the idea of the thing that drives the plot forward. No one ever really gets Although you see at the end, one question, does Cousin Avi get it? Get to be, like, we actually see at the very beginning him looking at the diamond. So is that, you know, because they tell it out of order, kind of, and he gets a call at the end. Do you think Cousin Avi actually gets the diamond in the end? I think he does. I think he does. He comes back on the plane. He takes a shot. He goes over there. Who else has got it? You know, unless something else crazy happens. This is where maybe a Snatch 2 might come into play. Snatch 2, more Snatch, or is a Snatch 2 better Snatch snatch, or just Snatch snatch 2? Appreciate having Snatch. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. You can play it a lot of ways, dude. And one more line I'm going to work into my real life is just something Turkish says to Tommy when he's like, Tommy, why is your skin leaking? I'm going to say that to people sometimes, but they're just sweating. Look, they're like, yo, what's up with your skin leaking? I'm going to work that yeah, one in. Skin, dude. <laughs> uh, top tier Turkish. TTT, top tier Turkish. Triple T, 100%. I think it's now time to determine if Snatch, this Snatch in particular, is sponge worthy. So you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. 
Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. There's been some recent fluctuations in the sponge market. So here's what it looks like up to date. With three episodes left in this cycle, I have two and a half sponges left, while Magnum Mills has two, and Soup has just 1.5 sponges left to his name. Now, Soup, surely you can spare one of those remaining sponges for the snatch, right? You got to. This was your baby. I mean, it's going to put me a half a sponge, but there's no way I can't half a sponge fuck this fucking movie. So I'm sponging it, dude. Sponge worthy for sure. There's no way it isn't, man. Come on, snatch, dude. It's like, damn, dude, every week we're doing something sponge worthy here, but this is snatch is absolutely sponge worthy. It's a classic for a reason. I got to give it a sponge. Yeah, the sponge it up, dude. The, I don't even really have to. I, I knew when when it walked in the door. Now that we've determined the sponge worthiness of snatch, it's time to give it a grade. We're going to grade this one on a scale of one to ten angry pikeys. We're practicing the snake style. So Mills, you're up first. Dude, this is Snatch, dude. I really think very highly of Snatch. I'm going nine and a half, nine point five angry pikeys up in the Snatch, representing the Snatch, Jamie G. I gotta go nine and a half here. Nine point five pikeys, and they're all angry, and we're all in love with the Snatch. Soup. Dude, I'm going straight body temperature, ninety-eight point seven, all up in that snatch, dude. And a ninety-eight point nice. So Sloop is slightly elevated. He's got a he's got an elevated temp here in that snatch. I love it. No one, nothing beats. Oh, was it normally? Whatever. Ninety-eight-seven is where I'm at. Dude. We're trying to get to a movie. You better get going. You don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, dude, hangs dumb. I told oh, you. I told you. I don't want to miss that. Well, guys, it is time to spin the wheel in the sky and make our pitches for what we want to discuss. I mean, next episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Remember, you cannot vote for your own pitch. And if we have a three-way tie, we spin another wheel, which may or may not also be in the sky. Before that here, it's time to spin. Mills, spin it up, baby. Eighties action comedy. Nice. Uh, I think we're capable of doing that. I can party with that, dude. Yeah. I can party on Wayne, party on Garth with that. All right, everyone gets a minute to gather themselves, and then we got a pitch. Guys, I am up first here, and this is a category that I absolutely love. I, I could seriously, I would make a statement to say our next five regular dudes watch stuff should be from this category because there's so much in here. I had many that I wanted to do, but in the end, I decided to do something that I found pretty interesting and that is suspense i'm going with the 1985 classic better off dead john kuzak little ski action here lane meyer has a crush on his girlfriend beth truss beth dumps him to stay with the successful skier roy stalin and lane is depressed and decides to commit suicide however he gives up and tries to improve his skill as a skier to ski off the dangerous K-12 soap to impress Beth. So much goes on on this one. 
John Cusack's at its absolute best. I think even his sister Joan Cusack makes an appearance here. It's fantastic. Just like black comedy film here. Really good. I haven't watched it in, I don't know, 20 years, maybe more. I'd love to revisit this one. I'm going better off dead. Ooh, Soup, you're up next. This will be interesting. And um, I'm going with a 1988 joint, dude. 1988 action comedy joint. And it is going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This is the first, this is a fucking half animated, animated live action collaboration. It's a great fucking movie, man. It's fucking Jessica Rabbit, dude. It's Eddie Valiant. It's Toons. And it's Dip. <laughs> this is a great fucking movie, man. And uh, and there's a lot there. And I think we would have fun with this one. So that is my vote. Oh, man. Y'all are pushing it to the the next level here. Oh, this is really torturous. But it's got so many people I enjoy in soup. Whatever. You, got, you, know, you tossed in a Kathleen Turner as Jessica Rabbit. I'm going to toss in a Kathleen Turner as Joe Wilder. Dude, how about romancing the stone, dude? Joan Danny Wilder. DeVito, Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner as Joan Wilder, just Joan, Danny DeVito, Volkswagen Bugs, Emeralds. Like, you know what? A jewel as big as snatch, dude. I'm offering a jewel as big as snatches. Look at them snappers. This is tough. <laughs> wow dude uh mills that's that that is this may be the best like pitch session we've ever done please recap the nominees and tell us what order we'll be voting in this is this is big time i need time to think here yeah well i'll play i'll praise the wheel the wheel has done well for us here decided great category jamie g pitched better off dead the, the john cusack joint soup pitched who framed roger rabbit absolute classic and i pitched romancing the stone solid fucking 80s movie with a great sequel and some billy ocean so a lot going on here that we'd like and we vote in the reverse order in which we nominated so i will vote first followed by the soup deucer and then jamie g is potentially the decider uh dude i've been roger rabbit i've been waiting forever to, to cast a vote for roger rabbit sorry Enough said, man. Enough said. This is tough. We've talked about it for a long time, dude. I would <laughs> love to talk about Roger Rabbit. Uh, sorry, and whatever, and and Jessica Rabbit, and, and all the all the other characters. Soup, rock and roll, dude. Fucking um. All right, so I am torn here, man. This is tough. All right, so uh, action comedy. All right, better off dead. More of a comedy than an action. Romance and Stone. A little bit more of an action than a comedy. Both have a little bit of each, you know. Um, I want to say there's a whole lot of action and better off that. I guess there is if you consider like you know sporting events such as skiing and whatnot, and a racing, and street racing, and street racing might fucking settle it. I'm going better off dead, man. Oh, because of Charles wow. Demar. Because of Charles Demar. <laughs> well, guys, I man. know we hate deciding on the wheel in the sky that keeps on turning but i was you got viewers out there don't know this off camera i literally was this close i mean an inch away from selecting romancing the stone if you've been following us over over on romancing the gemstones where we break down the righteous gemstones you know how much i love that movie 
I cannot not vote for Romancing the Gemstones, but all three of these deserve to be done. And I hope to and pray to the finest of the movie gods that we get to do them right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. With that said, Magna Mills, we got a tie. I shall prepare the wheel. Rabbit soup. Wow. Tell us why we should be excited about watching Roger Rabbit. There's nothing not to be excited about with this one, man. This is a fucking treasure right here, man. We're all gonna enjoy this. I'm thoroughly, I'm 100 confident in that one. I mean, but, like patty cake confident, like you're playing patty cake with me, or I mean, you're not the first guy who fucking wife went and played patty cake on him, dude. So, <laughs> hey, cares, man. Not my fault, dude. I'm just drawn that way. <laughs> I'm not really bad. I'm just drawn that way. Get your dip ready. On a lot of levels. This is a great fucking movie, dude. <laughs> I will say I'm excited for this, but I'm also sad about the other two. I, I wish we could just do all three of these. I really yeah. do. Because they're all worthy. I want to do them. Uh, but Roger Rabbit, it is. We're excited about that's it. What the, that's why we have the repitch joint, though. That's why we have the repitch joint. Because we'll be sometimes... Repitching. There's also other things that are worthy. Absolutely. And and we're excited about it. And we hope you are as well. Thank you guys for watching and listening to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, where we're just a bunch of regular dudes watching stuff. Let us know if you've got something we should check out. We would love to break it down right here, right now. Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Well, maybe not right now. We'd need a minute to check it out. And if you do anything today, it's of critical importance. You remember those meaty flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Credible acronym. We're going to say it every single time. Hit the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Magnum Mills. Incredible acronym. Sounds like a superhero who might show up on The Boys Season 4. Maybe wait for that. Check us out on Compound B. See what happens. We're going to be checking out Gen V, the Boys spinoff. But for now, thank you for checking out regular dudes watch stuff find us wherever your pods and on youtube or on social media at dudes watch stuff like the man said do not forget those flaps it helps us out a ton if you could just please follow like and please subscribe i said please twice and i said it a third time so you know i'm serious that's how other people find our show find our channel we greatly appreciate it on behalf of myself magna mills and jamie g with the soup deucer uh this is it, man. We're going to be doing a thing next time. And uh, not the one I would have wanted, but it's still a thing. It's, it's a good thing. Who Framed Roger Rabbit coming up right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll see you then.